Welcome in to another episode of the Motor Car Marketplace Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mac Moore, and on today's episode, we will be t- discussing the ugly duckling of the Ferrari world, and that being the 308 GT4. The Ferrari 308 GT4 was produced from 1973 to 1980, and in that time, Ferrari made 2,826 of those cars, with about 547 of those being in right-hand drive uh, models. U.S. delivery began for the uh, GT4, the 308 GT4, in 1974. It came with a 3-liter V8 mounted transversely, so 90-degree uh, or uh, horizontally mounted V8, connected to a 5-speed gearbox that produced 255 horsepower in the European version. And as always in the U.S., we drew the short end of the straw and got a 240 horsepower V8. Of course, that really probably doesn't matter too much now, uh, since all, all the there's no way any of those cars have uh, still got the same horsepower output that they did when they were brand new uh, back in the 70s. Supposedly, it has a mid 7s 0 to 60 time. However, if that really is something that uh, matters to you today, then that is then you're just not looking to purchase a Ferrari 308 GT4. Uh, so I'll give you a little bit more of uh, history about the 308 GT4 before we get into pricing for the car. And it's actually a rather cheap Ferrari. Uh, and so if you want an entry-level Ferrari uh, for not really Ferrari money or at least new Ferrari money, then this might be the car for you. It was the first of uh, many Ferraris, really. It was the, it was a many amount of firsts for Ferrari. It was the first production Ferrari to have a mid-engine layout. Uh, at least a V8 mid-engine layout at that too, which is actually the majority of Ferrari's business now. Um, you know, the number one selling Ferraris today, at least brand new, are the mid-engine ones, so like the 458 or the 488. Uh, it had the controversial 2 plus 2 design, and the 2 plus 2 is basically a four-seater coupe, is what that was uh, all about. Um, but it was what was most controversial about it, though, was the actual designer and the design house of the 308 GT4, that being Bertone and not Pininfarina. Uh, Pininfarina was the design house in Italy in Marinello who uh, had designed pretty much all of uh, Ferrari's vehicles since the dawn of time, basically. Uh, Marcello Gandini is the man who designed it, and he also designed vehicles like the Lancia Stratos and the uh, Lamborghini Scirocco, uh, which you, if you look at the Lamborghini and then the Ferrari 308 GT4, you can certainly see a resemblance between the two uh, with the wedge design is what they like to refer to it as. It had fully independent double wishbone suspension, anti-roll bars, and uh, Formula One world champion and all-star, essentially Nicky Lauda, helped set up the chassis, which that also helps explain why the 308 GT4 has been dubbed as one of the best handling uh, cars of the era, certainly one of the better handling Ferraris ever made, but uh, definitely for the mid-70s, that was probably the best handling car you could purchase. Uh, and I believe a huge part of that is in, is uh, given to the fact that Nicky Lauda helped set up the chassis. The Ferrari 308 GT4 also has an interesting story as far as the U.S. versions go, or at least being sold in the U.S. Uh, when it re- was originally sold in the U.S., uh, began delivery about 1974, but really started selling in 1975. Well, at that time, there was an energy crisis, and U.S. consumers felt bad about buying such an expensive car that wasn't really a Ferrari. 
because originally the 308 GT4 was actually branded as a Dino and because of this US buyers were not really confused but just didn't feel as if um, they were getting the full-on Ferrari experience if they just purchased the Dino. So uh, because of this, uh, because the Dinos were perceived as a lesser brand, Ferrari sent all of their dealerships in the United States a rebadging re package and instructed them to take off the Dino badges and put Ferrari badges over them, or at least on the car, so that U.S. consumers would then think that they were purchasing a Ferrari and not a Dino. Well, naturally, of course, uh, not all Ferrari dealerships in the U.S. did this. And so as a result, today you may see many, many uh, 308 GT4s with uh, some Ferrari badging and some Dino badging or majority Ferrari badging, but one or two Dino badges or maybe even no uh, no Dino, or no Ferrari badging at all, But except those are extremely rare to find. So if you can find a, a 308 GT4 with its original Dino badging, that's a very, very cool thing. Um, and I certainly think that's more more coveted now today than certainly it was in 1975. Uh, so if I was in the market for one of these today, I would try to find a 1975 model. Uh, another interesting thing about the 308 GT4 is that it, it was the only uh, legally imported Ferrari back in 1975. So the only uh, actual Ferrari that was sold in the U.S. at the time uh, was a in the, uh, in the year 1975 was the Ferrari 308 GT4. So that is an interesting little tidbit about the car. Uh, another, I guess, maintenance standpoint thing about the Ferrari 308 GT4, uh, or at least to discuss about the maintenance of it, is since that it is an older Ferrari, you, uh, prospective buyers might be very, very worried that a lot of things are going to go wrong or something like that. And that's certainly a possibility, but the only major maintenance it needs being a an older Ferrari is the timing belt service as with all older Ferraris and they say that needs to be done uh, every four to five years uh, for the 308 GT4 which really isn't that bad but you know again it's not ideal however you get a, an older Ferrari you're, de you're definitely gonna have to do that anyway so it's a little bit more comforting knowing that in a 308 GT4 uh, that's really the only major major thing you need to look after when owning one of those vehicles now leading into the pricing and sort of what these cars are worth, as I said before, the 308 GT4 is actually kind of the, like the entry level Ferrari if you want to get into classic car ownership as far as the Ferrari mark goes. And really they're not a bad option either uh, considering the fact that they are wonderfully uh, uh, tuned cars as far as handling goes. And a nice thing that I found when I was doing some research and looking at good examples of these cars is that many, many, many of them have a high amount of miles on them, probably because they are a lot cheaper than the rest. Uh, but that's a good thing in my opinion, because that means the mechanics are uh, very, very used to working on the 308 GT4 and uh, a lot of owners have done their jobs as far as uh, taking care of them, being good caretakers for them in that regard. And uh, there's plenty of, of service shops that are familiar with the 308 GT4 and won't, won't uh, uh, um, screw you over as far as maintenance goes on it, or at least uh, uh, they, they'll know what they're doing, which is a very good thing. Uh, so now leading into the actual pricing and value guides for them, the Haggerty Value Guide thankfully does have a, uh, an idea of what to, how to 
prices out for what they're worth. And according to the Haggerty Value Guide, a concourse level number one of the world, uh, 308 GT4, should go for about a hundred grand, which is quite a steep figure. Certainly, is not a price that I would uh, suggest paying if you were in the market for one of these, unless you want to uh, um, make it a complete. Uh, uh, show car type of thing or a garage queen and add it to your collection. Sorry, I was at a loss for words there. The excellent value rating on the Haggerty Value Guides is for $70,900. A good level car, it should run you about 55800 and then a fair level 308 GT4 should cost you about 41200 according to them. And those are all pretty reasonable for the most part. I'll uh, dive into that a little bit more once I uh, well, when I touch up on the um, examples that I found, so I'll go ahead and do that now. The most expensive one that I was able to find was well above what Haggerty gave the number one in the world. And so the most expensive one I found was going for $150,000. It is a 1976 308 GT4 with 15,800 miles on it was uh, being offered for sale by Naples Classic Car, which appears to be a specialty Ferrari shop that really, really focuses on the uh, 308 GT4, uh, as they have many of them. They had two two other ones that were going for $135,000. So this is probably a shop that has uh, done a ton of uh, work on these 308 GT4s, and you're probably getting one that's just about as good as, the, uh, as they came off the lot. Uh, anyhow, the one that I found though that was going for $150,000 has a silver exterior with a blue interior, which is an interesting combo to say the least. Uh, and like I said before, they are very well made, cared for, meticulously serviced vehicles. Uh, so it, if you are going to be buying one, then you are either going to put it in a collection or you are an enormous 308 GT4 fan. Uh, who has a ton of money and probably no spouse because of that? Because there's no way your spouse should let you spend 150 grand on a 308 GT4, uh, given the current market conditions. Uh, the more realistic or at least middle of the pack kind of one that I found was a uh, 1975 model, so the year model that I like, uh, that had 47,744 miles on it. And that one was going for $54,990. So basically $55,000 vehicle. It was a painted in a, the beautiful Ferrari red exterior with a pretty clean interior that was finished in black. Uh, it's offered for sale by Continental Auto Sports in Hinesdale, Illinois. And if I were in the market for one of these today, then that would certainly be the car that I would take a strong look at. Uh, it seemed to have everything I want. It was the correct year that I like. Had some D uh, Dino badging on it, and just looks like a clean car from the pictures. No noticeable damage. Uh, they also said that it was a fully serviced 308 GT4, which is always nice to hear. Um, and it was coming from a registered Ferrari uh, dealer. Even uh, at least appears that Continental Auto Sports was a um, registered Ferrari dealership type of thing. Uh, so it is probably just in a very good, honest driver condition vehicle. Uh, probably on the verge of being an excellent level car, and for fifty-five grand, that's a very good deal, uh, in my opinion, at least from what I was uh, perceived by it. Now, the cheapest one that I could find was actually probably the first time I've ever seen a real fair value uh, Ferrari uh, when I was doing my research for one of these podcasts, 
uh, it was going for $42,500 and like I said before, it was truly a fair value vehicle when it comes to Ferrari standards. Uh, as the paint needed some work and the interior definitely needed some work as well. Uh, there were a couple tears and things like that and the paint was very spotty. It was uh, painted in a burgundy red and had a black interior and was being offered for sale by the renowned Gulf Wing, or I'm sorry, Gullwing Motor Cars dealer in Astoria, New York, which is a very reputable, reputable dealer. So purchasing this from them probably is not a bad idea at all. If you just really, really want a uh, 308 GT4 that you can uh, fix up and don't mind spending an extra 15 to 20 grand in it, then that's probably a good option as well. Uh, and uh, for 42500 that's probably a very good price for it. Maybe if you can negotiate it down to down a couple grand, that'd probably really be a good deal, especially if you had a service shop in mind that could do all the little nooks and crannies and fixes that you needed to do. That was not a bad deal for it at all. Uh, so those were the three that I could find. I would certainly, if I was in the market for one today, I'd look to probably spending between 55 or, well, mid-50s to mid-60s, upwards of 70 uh, for a very, very good one. The problem is that these just don't come up for sale all too often. So if you uh, need to buy one like this week and can't wait, then you kind of have to take what you can get. So if I were uh, in the market to buy one today, it'd probably be the one that was for sale at Continental Auto, Continental Auto Sports for the $55,000 mark. That's a fair price for it uh, and certainly one worth looking at. And that's probably what I'd expect to pay if I were going to be uh, purchasing the first ever Bertone uh, bodied Ferrari in the 308 GT4. As far as my opinion goes on the vehicle, uh, I think it's a rather interesting looking car. I, th I feel as if it's the ugly duckling of the Ferrari world. I certainly don't think it's the most beautiful Ferrari ever made, and I'm pretty sure that everyone else would agree with that. Uh, to me, the 308 GT4 is almost like a, a beer or a whiskey. And that when you are young and you uh, have a have your first taste of it, you seem to think it's terrible and wonder who on earth would actually want something like that. However, uh, the older I've gotten, the more and the more often I've done my research on this car, uh, my appreciation for it has really started to go up. And um, I, I certainly I wouldn't say I covet one of these cars before, but I'm certainly intrigued by them. If the uh, the possibility of ownership of a 308 GT4 came about, then I would certainly be more than interested in owning one. Um, I, I love, at least the the thing that I love about Ferraris of this era is that the the switches. Uh, in the interior are plenty, and that's uh, certainly the case for the 308 GT4 as well. Uh, is a very switch-heavy car, and that the lights, the air conditioning controls, are at least as good as air conditioning can be in a, in a 70s Italian supercar. And many many other functions are all operated by metal switches, which are all very neat and very interesting to finagle and toggle with when you're sitting in the driver's seat of one of these. I Fortunately, I actually have sat in the driver's seat of a 308 GT4 before. It was a 1975 as well, uh, and so that was a very cool thing to operate in. I, unfortunately, I didn't get to actually drive the car, but just sitting in it and seeing that I could possibly fit in one was a pretty cool thing. Um, and just seeing a 70s Ferrari is, in general, very neat. So, um, 
not the not the most beautiful thing in the world, but certainly something that uh, intrigued you and is definitely worth looking into if it's a possibility for you and you really do want a 70s Ferrari, then the 308 GT4 might be a very good way to uh, enter ownership into that realm. So that'll do it for today's episode, or at least this week's episode of the Motor Car Marketplace podcast. As always, I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, I am your host, Mac Moore. You can find me on all forms of social media if you'd like at LawMacMore, L-A-W-M-A-C-M-O-O-R-E. Uh, be sure to keep an eye out for the official launch of the Motor Car Marketplace website this week. Uh, hopefully that comes early on in the week, maybe on Monday or Tuesdays, ideally when I'd like to get it out there. Uh, and be sure to follow the Motor Car Marketplace Facebook and Instagram pages as I'm hopefully going to be more active on those, especially once I start getting cars in. I'll be able to actually p uh, post some real photos instead of just taking uh, other people's images then giving them credit for it. Uh, this week I did post a picture though about how Alfa Romeo has won the uh, Motor Motor Trend Car of the Year uh, in their Julia, which is a very neat and great accomplishment by them. I've actually driven a Julia before and those are very exciting cars. Probably one of the uh, best sedans out there on the market today. Uh, and they've also announced their launch of the uh, uh, 2018 Formula One team, or at least they're coming back to Formula One for the first time in a very long time. So that is also very exciting. Their launch car was beautiful to look at. So I'm hoping lots of good things are coming from Alfa Romeo. And as a result, I'll probably do my next week's episode about the uh, Alfa Romeo Spider, which is actually a car I have driven before. So I'll be sure to share that story. Uh, like I said, thank you for listening to this episode. Keep an eye out for the Motor Car Marketplace website. And I will see you all again next week. Take care. Bye-bye.